It's time to eat. Get in my belly. Sit down and get ready to consume an abundance of fantasy football knowledge from Russ Tucker and Evan Silva. Me so hungry. On the Fantasy Feast Eating Podcast. Yeah, let's eat, baby. It is the Fantasy Feast Eating Podcast, presented, of course, by betonline.ag. Your online sportsbook experts just use that promo code podcast one he is evan silva this is tears of evan you have come to the right place check him out on twitter at evan silva or at his new venture establish the run.com evan and the boys are killing it over there which is very very cool you guys are killing it by the way in terms of trying to get into the fantasy feast league now i gotta tell you I was not overly impressed with the entries this week. So for the second week in a row, I'm only inducting. Is that even the right word? I don't know. I'm only allowing in one additional entry. That is Tim Driscoll, who sent me screenshots of him rating and reviewing not only the Fantasy Feast podcast, but the Even Money sports betting podcast contest or podcast with Steve Fezzik, which by the way, today we are doing our season win totals, our pre preseason season win totals, which you should check out the Ross Tucker football podcast. Of course, this, the fantasy feast, the college draft podcast where man, Russ Landy, the former NFL, XFL, CFL scout had some really interesting players. He's excited about in college football to keep an eye on some skill guys for you fantasy dudes. And then, of course, Andrew Brandt's Business of Sports podcast. So, Tim, congratulations. You are in. So, Scott Sheriff's in. Slappy McGee's in. Justin Christopher's in. Steve Knowles in. Scotty Boyd's in. Tim Driscoll's in. So, that is six guys in. And at least six more spots. We usually do a 16-teamer, but at least six more spots still to go. Take advantage of any of the sponsors over at RossTucker.com. They're all awesome. Or just buy something on Amazon through the landing page on the homepage at RossTucker.com. Or get creative. It's up to you. I'm going to get Evan's tight end tears right now. I never know how much to sing or not, Evan. People, Some people like it, some people don't. Establish the run.com. Am I drafting Zeke? He's holding out, man. If I'm following ever, I'm at the, the turn. turn. Two picks to burn. Two picks to burn. But I know I won't go wrong. Yes, second week in a row, Evan, we are diving into your oft-imitated, never-duplicated tiers. Last week was quarterback, today it's tight ends. I think this is the second week in a row, Evan, that 
your tier one consists of exactly two dudes. And for tight ends, it's Travis Kelsey is your tight end one, George Kittle tight end two. Yes, yes. And uh, Travis Kelsey took a small hit in my top 150, which you can read at EstablishTheRun.com, when Tyreek Hill avoided suspension entirely. Now, we had talked in the last several shows about how um, it was beginning to look like Tyreek Hill was going to face a suspension of zero to four games as opposed to six to eight, um, which I had initially anticipated throughout um, most of the spring. But then we got official word that Tyreek Hill is going to face zero games uh, uh, worth of suspension. So now Travis Kelsey just moved, ticked down a little bit. He still is my number one overall fantasy tight end. Uh, in an offense quarterback by Patrick, Patrick Mahomes, the defense, I th- think, is still going to be problematic in Kansas City. Last year, Travis Kelsey led all NFL tight ends in yards gained on 20-plus yard targets, yards gained on slot routes. He was second among all tight ends in raw targets, catches, yards, and touchdowns. Um you know, I think the defense in Kansas City is still going to be problematic, and they're going to have to throw the heck out of the ball this year. Uh, so Travis Kelsey, not quite a, a first-round pick that it, he was looking like he was going to be in uh, regular season-long leagues. Um, more of a, a an early to middle second-round pick, I think, but um, still the clear tight end one. Now, if you're in a tight end premium league like in the FFPC, I think that you're looking at the first five, the the group of elite running backs, and then I think Travis Kelsey is worth taking at the one point oh six. So, um, and we'll talk about the um, the elite running backs next week. But Travis Kelsey, tight end one, tight end two, and I have them closer than I initially did. Is George Kittle, Jimmy Garoppolo coming back? George Kittle led all NFL tight ends in yards per route run by a big, big margin. Last year, and that has been one of Pro Football Focus's most predictive metrics year over year. Uh, set an NFL record for uh, among tight ends in receiving yards and yards after the catch. And you know, there's still just a complete lack of clarity as to how the wide receiver pecking order is going to shake out in San Francisco. George Kittle benefits from that. Last year, Kyle Shanahan cannot really run the offense that he wanted to run. Um, because of you know so many injuries offensively, but uh, this year I think that he's going to be able to. And when he did run the offense that he wanted to run in 2017, uh, they were the 49ers were number six in the NFL in uh, number of plays run and number two in pass attempts. I think that they're going to be a shootout team. Their secondary is a problem. Didn't address it at all after it was one of the worst secondaries in the league last year. And uh, George Kittle is going to benefit from that. All, all the guys in the offense are going to benefit from that. I think Jimmy Garoppolo also is a value pick, as we talked about last week. All right, so Tier 2, you've got Zach Ertz alone by himself, which is interesting. You know, anytime there's a tier that's just one guy, I always find that intriguing. Why? Why, why is Zach in a tier all to himself? Yeah, because I think that Travis Kelsey and George Kittle should both be top 25 picks or at least very, very close to that range. 
and then Zach Ertz I have closer to like number 40. So there is um, a fairly significant drop-off, and you know, this is what tiers are all about. There's a fairly significant drop-off, I think, from Kelsey and Kittle to Zach Ertz. Now, Zach Ertz is coming off an awesome season, but he also had so much go right for him. Um, he set his career high in targets by 44, and he set his career high in catches by 38. And um, over the last two seasons, he's got eight touchdowns in, in both seasons. That's a lot of touchdowns. You know, he's like George Kittle only had five last year. He's got positive regression coming. I think that Zach Ertz might have some negative regression coming. And um, Zach Ertz also benefited, like last year, Alshon Jeffrey missed the first few games. Zach Ertz had double-digit targets in all of those games that Alshon Jeffrey missed, you know. Um, and then this year they added so much offensive firepower, like the ball is going to go to other guys more this season. Miles Sanders, uh, Jordan Howard, J.J. Arcega-Whiteside, Alshon back healthy, Deshaun Jackson, you know. And I think that they're not going to throw the ball as much as they did last year. They lost like everyone on defense last season. And I think that their pass attempts are going to go down. They had about 40 more pass attempts last year than they did the year prior. And I think that they're going to be more like the team the year prior, which, by the way, is a Super Bowl you know, caliber team. Uh, so I think that Zach Ertz, you know, obviously I think the Eagles are going to be really, really good. But I think that that's not necessarily going to benef- benefit Zach Ertz. I think he's going to get hurt a little bit by that. Well, and the one point I would mention there, too, is just following the Eagles since I'm doing their – uh, te- preseason telecasts uh, this year. Dallas Goddard had an unbelievable spring. I mean, almost everybody you talk to, you know, some of the beat writers in Philly, they polled players to say, like, who had the best spring. And I think Dallas Goddard got, like, the most votes. And so I would expect that they're going to be more in 12 personnel and try to get Goddard more involved even more. And like you said, there's only so many catches to go around, and if Goddard's getting more, you got to think Ertz will be getting less. Let's go to Tier 3. You've got O.J. Howard, then Evan Ingram, then Hunter Henry, then Vance McDonald, then Jared Cook, then David Njoku. Yes, so this is a big tier, and I've thought about breaking up this tier into two tiers. O.J. Howard... Evan Ingram, Hunter Henry would be in their own tier because there is a little bit of a drop-off. It's not a big drop-off, but there is a pretty big, uh, you know, a, 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 a noticeable drop-off between those three and then Vance McDonald, Jared Cook, David Njoku. Um, so I may do that at, at some point. I've considered doing that. Um, but right now, you know, I have these guys as like fifth through, you know, ninth round picks. Um, kind of scattered throughout that range. O.J. Howard uh, has been just a, a, an absolute beast from an efficiency standpoint, averaging 6.6 yards per carry over the last uh, – yards per carry – yards per reception over the last two seasons. Um, he has averaged eleven over 11 yards per target in each of his first two seasons – Travis Kelsey, neither Travis Kelsey nor Zach Ertz has ever gotten over 10 yards per target. O.J. Howard's over 11 in both of his first two seasons. Rob Gronkowski got to 11 yards per target once in his nine-year career. 
Um, Adam Humphreys and Deshaun Jackson left the offense. I just I think they're going to score a lot of points in Tampa Bay this year. I think they're going to throw the ball a lot. And O.J. Howard is like one of the most obvious breakout candidates uh, on the board this season. Evan Ingram, in 15 career games without Odell Beckham, Evan Ingram has 76 catches for 945 yards and six touchdowns on 125 targets. That would have made him the tight end five overall last year. Uh, Evan Ingram finally got healthy down the stretch last season, averaged 77.2 yards per game over the Giants' last five. Um, I think he he absolutely can be the Giants' number you know uh, de facto number one receiver this year. Uh, I think he can take a big third year leap. Uh, Hunter Henry very much looked poised for a breakout season last year until he tore his ACL. Uh, uh, I think it was on the first day of OTAs last May, uh, and uh, but he's ready to go. You, you remember he made it kind of like a cameo appearance in the, the playoff loss to the Patriots, played uh, like about 15 snaps in that game. So, you know, didn't really do much, but I like the fact that he just got medically cleared for that, and we've heard no problems uh, regarding his, uh, his you know, any lingering effects from his injury so far. This guy was number two among all NFL tight ends in yards per route run in uh, 2017. Also in a contract year, uh, Vance McDonald, I think, is the favorite to become the Steelers' number two pass catcher behind Juju Smith-Schuster. Ben Roethlisberger loves Vance McDonald, and an underrated kind of plus for him is that they moved on from Jesse James. Um, so I think that that's going to help Vance McDonald just from a sheer playing time standpoint, um, and I think that he's going to have a, a breakout season. He was third among all NFL tight ends in yards after the catch last year uh, behind George Kittle and Travis Kelsey. And then he was second in broken tackles behind only George Kittle, had more broken tackles than Travis Kelsey. He's a guy that, you know, struggled with drops early in his career, but uh, has kind of gotten it together. He's uh, kind of like a late career breakout player. Jared Cook is... Um, top five among all tight ends over the last two seasons in receptions. And now he's going to New Orleans. And um, uh, so, and I mean, that, that's a pretty good offense to play in. You know, I think that his, you know, his touchdown probability is going to rise going from Oakland to New Orleans. Um, and he's another guy who was kind of broken out late in his career, was kind of like an, an underachiever, an enigmatic, athletic underachiever for a lot of years in Tennessee and then with the Rams. Uh, but he's become uh, like one of the most consistent receiving tight ends in the NFL over the last couple of years and, go and going to and relocating to a better offense. David Njoku, um, you know, his targets were just 4.6 per game after Freddie Kitchens took over uh, the Browns offense in the second half of last season. So that is concerning. Also concerning is the fact that the Browns, um, you know, uh, traded for Odell Beckham because that's kind of going to push everyone down the target ladder. Uh, so um, David Njoku, I think, is risky. I think he's going to be a really inconsistent. I think he's going to have some big games, but I think he's going to be frustrating from a sta fantasy standpoint. Uh, but I do think that he's a candidate to, like, score 10 touchdowns, uh, and that kind of takes care of this tier. Keeping it moving to Tier 4, 
You've got Austin Hooper ahead of Jordan Reed. Gosh, I like forgot about Jordan Reed. Ahead of Eric Ebron, about a 99% chance you use the word regression when you mention Eric Ebron. Ahead of Trey Burton, ahead of Delaney, don't call me Delaney Walker. Yeah, these are tight ends that are capable of finishing in the top 12, but probably won't be difference makers week to week. Uh, Austin Hooper's ceiling is kind of capped by uh, how deep Atlanta is in the wide receiver core. You're bringing back one of the best three receiver sets in the NFL, and uh, I think that that's a, this is definitely a team that's going to run the football more. They were bottom three in rushing attempts last year. They're getting back good players on defense, um, so going to be a little bit less opportunity for uh, Austin Hooper and for the the passing game as a unit. Uh, Jordan Reed played through chronic toe pain last year. Still finished 11th among 30 qualified tight ends in yards per route run. Um, and, you know, he played 13 games. I mean, that's like a big accomplishment for Jordan Reed. I think the Redskins are not going to be very good, but he absolutely can lead them in receiving. Um, I'm way below consensus on Eric Ebron, who, yes, his thir- he scored 14 touchdowns, actually, if you include his rushing touchdown. He's going to regress, you know, in if you look at his entire – body of work in college and the pros, Eric Ebron before last season had never had more than five touchdowns in an individual year. All of a sudden he has 14. You add Devin Funches, Paris Campbell, Tua Hilton was banged up all last year. Jack Doyle is back. Um, And then if you look at the games where Jack Doyle played last season, Eric Ebron uh, drew 8.8 targets per game when Jack Doyle was out, only 4.4 targets per game when Jack Doyle was in and Jack Doyle actually had more targets and played more snaps in the games where they both played. So Eric Ebron is a clear fade for me in pretty much every fantasy format. Trey Burton was, a, had a big preseason. and was kind of a, a disappointment during the regular season, topped 40 yards in only three of 16 games, uh, did not top 40 yards in any games after week seven. Uh, he struggled with confidence Late in the year, he was inactive for the Bears' playoff loss. He's coming off sports hernia surgery. You know, it's a deep offense in Chicago, and I don't know if getting him the ball is going to be a priority uh, this year. Um, I, I'm really big on Allen Robinson uh, this year having a, a big season. We'll talk about him when we get to the wide receivers. Delaney Walker coming off an ankle fracture and dislocation at age 35. So that immediately sends up major red flags. But this guy was cleared for the start of training camp. Um, And he had over 800 yards in each of his previous four seasons uh, before last year going down in week one. So, I mean, Delaney has been a warrior throughout his career. uh, And I I like him here at at tight end 14. He's a guy that I really like to get as my second tight end in best ball uh, and in uh, tight end premium. Let's get to your tier five, and that is Chris Herndon, Mark Andrews, Jimmy Graham, Greg Olson, TJ Hawkinson, the rookie out of Iowa, Dallas Goddard, Tyler Eifert, and the aforementioned Jack Doyle. Tier five for Chris Herndon, even with the four-game suspension, Evan. Yeah, I mean, these are flawed 
tight end twos. You know, they're they're not guys that you're drafting to be starters, uh, but they do have some upside, some reasons for optimism. Chris Herndon, just the eighth rookie tight end in the last decade to clear 500 yards in his first season. The suspension stinks. It makes him like undraftable. Like in a league where you have like five or six bench spots, you know, you have short benches. You pretty much can't even draft him. Um, he's going to be out until week six because the Jets have a week four bye and he's got the four game suspension. Now you're going to be able to use him until week six. Um, now you certainly can draft him in best ball still, and I think he's a good pick in best ball. I mean, the suspension just crushed his ADP. So now we can kind of get better value on him. Um, if you look at if you look at the list of tight ends that that cleared 500 yards as a rookie, I mean, there's a bunch of like uh, future Hall of Famers on there. I mean, Rob Gronkowski, uh, George Kittle, Aaron Hernandez was on that track before you know you know everything went down, uh, and Evan Ingram also uh, fall, fell into that category. Um, Mark Andrews, another guy who met that criteria of being a rookie tight end that went over 500 yards. This guy was dominant down the scene uh, as a rookie. He led all, or he was fifth among all NFL tight ends, not just rookies, in yards per route run last season. And if you look at all the pass catchers that the Ravens are bringing back, Mark Andrews has the most established rapport with Lamar Jackson of all of them. Um, so I, I think Mark Andrews is like a baller. Uh, Jimmy Graham, really big disappointment because he scored two touchdowns last year. He had 55 catches, which is decent, but he only scored two touchdowns. You know, we talked about on the Aaron on the the quarterback show how Aaron Rodgers had a career low touchdown rate, 4.2 percent, two percentage points below his career average, and Jimmy Graham really you know was hurt by that. Uh, and also, I, you know, I, I question what he's got left in the tank. They used a third-round pick on Jay Sternberger, who I really, really like coming out of uh, Texas A&M. Um, so Jimmy Graham, not sure about bouncing back. You know, he's kind of he, – he, he's a flawed tight end too, you know. So he kind of defines this tier. Greg Olson, three foot fractures and a torn plantar fascia over the last two seasons, turned 34 in March – you know, I think we're going to see him in the in the broadcast booth sooner rather than later. And they've got a, a young tight end by the name of Ian Thomas, um, who I think has a lot of upside uh, in the short and long term. Um, so I think that Greg Olson, they're probably going to scale his snaps back. TJ Hawkinson, I don't think the Lions are going to scale his snaps back. I think he's going to jump right in as an every down player. But, you know, again, a really, really good season, like historically good season for a rookie tight end is 500 yards. And that's not big time in fantasy. And I think that that's what we're looking at with TJ Hawkinson. That's going to be a run first offense. You mentioned Dallas Goddard. He's my tight end 20. I think he's actually being overdrafted in fantasy leagues because everyone, you know, the, the, the book is out on him. Uh, the dude is in, an absolute beast. And, you know, it's just how often is he going to get the ball in this offense that has so many really, really good players? It's just a loaded offense. You know, and look, if Zach Ertz like misses any time, Dallas Goddard is going to be like a top three tight end play or top four tight end play in daily fantasy. Tyler Eifert always hurt. Can we get 12 games out of him? You know, that's what we ask every year. And 
we never get it. Uh, so just, you know, there, there's not a whole, the story never changes with Tyler Eifert and then Jack Doyle coming off the hip, uh, surgery. Um, you know, I think that he's going to do more to hurt Eric Ebron than he is to car, than he is going to do to like carve out his own fantasy value. All right. Tier six, Gerald Everett, Kyle Rudolph, Noah Fant, Cam Brait. Ian Thomas, Mike Gesicki, Darren Waller, Jason Witten. Wow. Jason Witten. Irv Smith, and my favorite, Rob Gronkowski. I was waiting to see. I was going to say, what do you do with Gronkowski? You got him in tier six. I mean, the guy's retired, and you have him ahead of a bunch of different tight ends. I love it. You know, he's just shedding all that weight to come back and play wide receiver. You know that, right, Ross? He's going to come back and be a wideout. Let me just say uh, this, and yeah. I've, I've tweeted this. I've written about this. He's one of my favorite players ever. I really hope he doesn't come back. You know, just knowing he's already had three back surgeries and everything else, I, I really hope he doesn't, but it's his life, and if he does, I will allow myself to be entertained by his exploits. Somebody posted like a highlight clip of him recently that I saw. He is ridiculous. I don't. Have you ever seen him in person, Evan? No, man. What's I think it like? you. I think people would just be shocked at how big he really is. The two guys I think people would be most surprised by how large they actually are are Rob Gronkowski and Cam Newton. Like Cam, I mean, first time I met Cam, I just couldn't, I mean, he is all of 250, 260, wide shoulders. They actually have similar body types. Gronk's even bigger. For those guys to be able to do what they've done at their size is incredible, but it is interesting because they're so big and they're able to take so many shots from people their bodies just break down because they're just getting, you know, they don't take one shot and go down. They get hit, bang, boom, boom. And so uh, that's the similarity between those two guys. But, yeah, man, I love them. Yeah. Um, so this tier from tight end 23 to tight end 32 is comprised of late tight end two slash tight end threes that are at very least worth monitoring. And that's why Rob Gronkowski falls into this tier. But it begins with Gerald Everett, who, you know, certainly has the athleticism, 88th percentile spark athlete. Um, last season, you know, he was originally drafted to become Sean McVay's next Jordan Reed. You know, uh, Sean McVay was originally the position coach, tight ends coach in Washington um, under the Shanahan's and, uh, you know, with, with Jordan Reed and Jordan Reed was like his prized pupil. Um, and look, Jordan Reed or, uh, Gerald Everett came out of South Alabama and wasn't ready, uh, to, to play in the NFL, uh, right away. But last season over the Rams final eight games, his, uh, routes run per game went from 13 to 23 and a half. Now, this coincided with Cooper Cup's ACL tear. They started playing a little bit more 12 personnel. Um, but including the playoffs, Gerald Everett's routes run per game 
almost double. Uh, and Tyler Higby kind of took uh, a step back. He went down to 12 routes run per game. So I do think that they want to incorporate Gerald Everett more as their primary tight end in 11 personnel, which they primarily use. That's where we need to get him. We need to get him as the primary tight end in their three receiver, one tight end package um, for him to, to take a big step forward. I think he's going to get that opportunity. I think there were signs of it down the stretch last season. Kyle Rudolph stayed in Minnesota after signing a surprise contract extension that has no guaranteed money after the first year. You know, it's really not not really even like a, a contract extension. It's just say, you know, you, you can stick around. Um, I think he's going to lose snaps. He was bad last year. He was bad as a blocker uh, and as a, a pass catcher. He was 22nd in uh, yards per route run. He got bad grades as a pass blocker and a run blocker from uh, Pro Football Focus. You know, I had him on multiple fantasy teams last year. He did nothing. Um, you know, not not separating. They used a second round pick on Irv Smith. They're bringing back Tyler Conklin, uh, who I think has got some potential. His role grew down the stretch last year. David Morgan, they bring back as a blocker. You know, they've got a lot more options now in Minnesota to take snaps off of Kyle Rudolph's plate. Uh, and then they're going to run the ball mo- a lot more this year than they did last season. And that's not good for an inefficient pass catcher that needs targets in order to produce. Noah Fant falls into this, you know, rookie tight end bucket, but um, the, the the buzz has been strong on him. He's a guy that I'm going to be monitoring really closely. I might move him up as we move forward. Uh, Cameron Brait, he's pretty much like a red zone guy. Uh, at this point, um, can definitely score touchdowns. You know, we, we've seen him score at, at a pretty high rate on a catch versus touchdown basis. Ian Thomas mentioned him, really, really good athlete uh, coming out of Indiana, was raw, you know, came, like uh, played at Juco. Um, but he was number six among tight ends in yards over the last six weeks of last season. Um, and I think that he is going to kind of rotate in more frequently with Greg Olson. And if Greg Olson goes down, Ian Thomas, I think, becomes a fantasy starter. And we've seen Greg Olson go down, unfortunately. You know, he went like 10 years without missing a game. Um, but his body is kind of starting to break down, I think, late in his career. Mike Jasicki and Darren Waller are – Kind of like lower-key breakout candidates, Mike Jasicki was a a disappointment in pretty much every respect last year, but that's what happens with rookie tight ends. So we shouldn't be surprised in hindsight that Mike Jasicki didn't do a whole lot as a rookie tight end. Um, You know, it'll be interesting to see exactly how much do they put on his plate. They, You know, there's a new uh, coaching staff there, Chad O'Shea coming over from uh, New England, their, their longtime wide receivers coach. Chad O'Shea is now the the Dolphins' uh, offensive coordinator. So, you know, how are they going to – he's going to be a guy that I'm going to be looking at in preseason. Same with Darren Waller, a wide receiver at Georgia Tech, now playing tight end for the Raiders. The Raiders seem very, very high on him, playing that Jared Cook role. Jason Witten, you know, I wonder if the year away from football could be good for his body. Um I, you know, I think that he's going to come back and be a possession receiver who catches like 50 balls. 
um, because you know they don't have a whole lot else there. They don't want to play Rico Gathers, that's for sure. Um, they moved on from uh, Jeff Swaim. He went to Jacksonville. You know, Blake Jarwin is back, but you know he he doesn't really move the needle. Uh, but I think that Jason Witten, like in a tight end premium league, I think that he is actually kind of a good value pick. Uh, we have him here at tight end 30. Irv Smith, not sure how many balls he's going to get this year, um, but uh, you know they did use a relatively high draft pick on him late in the second round or in the middle of the second round, and uh, you know so that suggests that he, he's going to get opportunities sooner rather than later. And you talked about Gronk, so we'll see what happens there. People are basically just taking a flyer there um, to see whether or not he comes back. Tier 7 to wrap it up, Evan, we've got Matt Lacoste, Ricky Seals-Jones, Vernon Davis, Ben Watson, Jeff Swaim, Jeff Hyerman, don't call me Hoyerman, Blake Jarwin, C.J. Azoma, Hayden Hurst, Jay Sternberger, Dawson Knox, Nick Vanette, Ed Dixon, Jason Kroom, Drew Sample Size, Trevin Wesco, Charles Clay, Jordan Thomas, and Josh Oliver. Yeah, so these are just tight ends that like are going to get playing time pretty much. Um, I do think that some of them are a little bit more interesting than others. Matt Lacoste, I mean, the the seas have just kind of parted for Matt Lacoste. I mean, they cut Austin Safarian Jenkins. Rob Gronkowski retired. Ben Watson got suspended. You know, so... And Matt Lacoste, I mean, he didn't embarrass himself by any means uh, last season with the Broncos. Um, he could absolutely open the season as the Patriots' primary tight end. I mean, I, at this point, I expect it. Uh, Ricky Seals-Jones was quantifiably like the worst tight end in the league last year uh, from a, a pass catching on a pass catching efficiency basis, and he's a converted wide receiver who isn't much of a blocker either, but. Cliff Kingsbury did recruit him uh, coming out of high school and Ricky Seals Jones has athleticism. So, you know, it'll be interesting to see how he's incorporated. He'll, he's a guy to watch in the preseason. You know, we'll, we'll learn more in the preseason. Um, just looking to, I mean, Hayden Hurst don't really expect a whole lot from him in his second year. He was a first round pick, but I think that he's pretty clearly been passed by Mark Andrews there. Um, Dawson Knox, the, the seas have, have kind of parted for him too, uh, especially with Tyler Croft, who they, they spent some money on breaking his foot. Not sure we're going to see him until like mid season Dawson Knox rookie out of Ole Miss zero touchdowns in his college career, uh, but a really good athlete and a guy that they, that they, uh, drafted in the third round. He'll be a guy to watch closely. In the preseason, his competition is going to be Jason Kroom, who is another converted wide receiver who is dating the owner or is like dating the owner's daughter, uh, the Pagula owner's daughter, Jason Kroom. And so he's got that little uh, nepotistic benefit um, working <laughs> in his favor. And he kind of showed some chemistry last year in the preseason with Josh Allen. Um, so just a name to keep in mind. Uh, Trevon Wesco, rookie out of West Virginia, he um, his arrow kind of went up a little bit when uh, Chris Herndon was suspended 
however, the Jets did just sign Ryan Griffin away from the Texans, and he probably is the favorite now for snaps during Chris Herndon's absence. Drew Sample was shockingly drafted in the second round by the Bengals as a blocking tight end out of uh, the University of Washington. Um, you know, I don't know. Not, not you know, this is just guys that are, are going to see playing time and might move up based on preseason news, might surprise during the regular season, just kind of guys to, to keep on the radar. Question for you, Evan. Is nepotistic a word? I doubt it. Okay, number two. <laughs> how do you know that Jason Kroom is dating the Pagula's daughter? Like, how do you know that? I don't know, man. I just, I just know it. It's weird. It's weird. That's amazing. By the way, speaking of dating and stuff, I gotta read to you one email from our guy, uh, last year's feast winner, who we had on. Um, that this, this is amazing. Anthony Combs, yeah. the guy from Missouri that we had on, and he said. Uh, he sent me like 40-plus Amazon confirmation emails. He said he can send me to try to get in the league again this year. I still haven't let him in. Here's you gotta re, you got to hear this. Thanks again for letting me on the podcast. I just finished it up. Too late now, but I meant the running back from Green Bay, Adam Jones, not damn Devontae Adams. Ha, ha, ha. Also got made fun of my wife. My second kid is nine, not eight. <laughs> <laughs> remember he had like how many kids did he have six and we were like how old are all they or what are their names it was like antonio cromartie <laughs> he said my second kid's nine not eight it was fun sorry i was super nervous i've never been on radio or podcast or anything before it was very fun missed two topics i needed to hit didn't help my conference room i was hiding in <laughs> Because he was at work is all glass, and I had a coworker effing with me. Just made me respect what y'all are able to do even more. I will just have to get in the league and win again to redeem myself. Evan, how do we lose this guy? I know it's it's embarrassing, isn't it? I mean, <laughs> Anthony, dude. Oh gosh, the the image of him in the conference room with his coworker effing with him while he's trying to be on our show and not knowing how old his kids are. I mean, that's amazing. That that's that's awesome. So Anthony, keep keep fighting the good fight to try to get in the league again this year. And also I don't know, I, I didn't mention it, Evan, but also uh we added a new podcast. I mentioned on the Raw Sucker Football podcast, the Majuke Girls from the Ball Blast podcast, the one episode yes. you were off and I interviewed them. Um, I like them. Like they, dude, they are good. They yeah. are amazing. All they like to do is talk about fantasy football and drink IPAs in Pittsburgh. I love them. Did you ever go back and listen to the episode with them? Yeah, yeah. When I couldn't figure out what the deal was yeah. there? I, I was thrown yeah. off by when they said we're wives. I never heard anybody say we're wives before. Like, that. I was like, oh, okay, so you guys married guys in Pittsburgh. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> oh man oh oh man so anyway they are now on the rt media platform so uh you can go to rawsucker.com to listen to them highly encourage you the, those girls i'm just telling you they are going somewhere it's the ball blast podcast 
All right, Evan, that was terrific. Of course, tight ends in the bag, quarterbacks in the bag. Still to come, though, running backs, wide receivers, and I don't think we've ever done this before, Evan, defense special teams. We're doing it. We're doing a whole episode of Tears of Evan on D special teams since some of you asked, even though Evan's not a huge fan, I'm not really either, to be honest with you, but some of you can't control what your league is, so we'll do tiers there as well. And then you can go ahead and take all the information you get from Evan Silva and go to betonline.ag, use the promo code PODCAST1 so you get that 50% five zero welcome bonus, which is awesome. Five zero, fifty 50% money they deposit extra when you go to betonline.ag and use that promo code PODCAST1. Make sure you check out Andrew Brandt today on the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Fantastic. Talking about Tyreek Hill's situation, Jaron Reed's suspension, and the Cowboys cutting Alan Hearns, the Redskins cutting Mason Foster. And, of course, I mentioned this earlier, but check out Steve Fezzik and myself today as we do our best season win total numbers for you and get you ready to go on the 2019 NFL betting season as well on the Even Money Podcast. Other than that, I am stuffed. We're done. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Feast Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, Even Money, Business of Sports, and the College Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found.